talked about how different time periods have got different energies and how important it is to be able to tune into those energies of, of time. We've talked about Yom Tivs, about months, seasons, um, day and night. Um, and today, it, it, we, there's, there's a nuance into the idea of day and night. Uh, the Gemara tells us on Daflamet Zayin Amud Bet about Hileni HaMalcha. Um, Hileni, or Hileni, who was the wife of Munbaz I, who was the king of a place called Khadiav, which was in what is now Syria. There was a small kingdom in Syria that was called Khadiav. Uh, he and she were king and queen, and they had a son, Munbaz II. Uh, Heleni and Munbaz II converted to Judaism. There was apparently quite a nice community at that time. This is the period of the end of the second of the second base of Mikdash. So this is the first century. And um, there was a Jewish community, and she heard about the Jewish people and about um, uh, about Eretz Yisrael, about the Beis Hamikdash, and she didn't watch CNN, so she got a good view of what Eretz Yisrael was and what the Jewish people were, and she uh, converted. She and her son, the, the king, converted uh, to Judaism and were very supportive of the people in Eretz Yisrael, and Chazal talked very highly of her, and one of the things she did was she donated a chandelier for the ulam of the, of the Beis Hamikdash. A beautiful chandelier she created, and she, and she donated. Um, and the Gemara tells us, Tana b'sha'asha chama zorachat nitzotzot yotzin mimena v'hakol yodin shigiazman kriyashma. It was placed in such a position that as the sun rose, it picked up in, in the east, the, the door of the ulam faced the east. And it was high. As, it, as the sun rose on the east, it picked up the, the sunlight and it started shining. And, when, and you could see that from far. And everybody knew it was time for Kriya Shema. Uh, so the Gemara asks, who is this everybody that knew it was time for Kriya Shema? The staff of the Beis HaMikdash, it couldn't be them. Because we learned that HaKoreh Shema Shachrit Iman Mishmar if you read Kriya Shema, if you say Kriya Shema in the morning, together with the Anshei Mishmar, Anshei Mishmar are the Kohanim on duty for that particular day. And if you say Kriya Shema when they do, or the Anshei Mahamad, or if you say it with the Anshei Mahamad, the Anshei Mahamad are ordinary Jewish people who used to be delegated each day to go to the Beis HaMikdash on behalf of the Jewish nation and stand by the Korban Talmud in the morning and the evening and represent the Jewish nation and different people every week. Uh, if you say the Kriya Shema with, with them, at the, what they do, Lo Yatsa, you're not Yotze. The Anshei Mishma say Kriya Shema too early, and the Anshei Mahamad say Kriya Shema too late. So the, uh, this, this chandelier, this, this alarm clock chandelier, doesn't work for anybody in the Beis Hamikdash. Amar Abay, Abay says, Lishar Yerushalayim. No, it's the people in Yerushalayim. They could see it and, and, and get the message. It was very bright and they could see it and they knew that it was time for Kriya Shema. So Rashi says, um, he talks about what the Anshe Mishmar are and so on. Makdimim likrota kodim hayom. They read, these words in Rashi are very important, they read Kriya Shema before, day, before the day. Rashi doesn't get into the question of when the day starts and when it doesn't. We'll discuss that in our Shir after Shachris. Rashi says, whenever you define the beginning of the day, they said Kriyashma earlier. They were worried that they would be busy with the temple service and it would get too late for them to read Kriyashma. And so they read it early, too early in fact. 
the, Jew, the regular Jewish people who stood there on behalf of the nation, um, they were busy with the Korban and they used to read it. They waited until the Tomid was finished. By the time the Tomid was finished, it was too late already. So, so they, uh, they read Kriyashba at times that weren't, weren't really appropriate. The, um, the, the Gvur Sari, that's the Shagas Arya, asks, so why did they say Kriyashma? If, it, if they couldn't say Kriyashma at the normal time, we understand. They're busy with the Avoido. They can't be doing the, uh, the, 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 the saying Kriyashma at the same time. So the Avoido comes first. They've got to do the Avoido and, they, and they're potter from Kriyashma. So why are they saying Kriyashma? What's the point of saying Kriyashma too early? What's the point of saying Kriyashma too late? So uh, here we won't go into it, into the how the Gvir and others work through the Rashi, but but simply there's the, there's a Tosfos that we've got in Brochus Daftes, we've got a, a few places in Tosfos where Tosfos says, and I've brought it to you in the sources. Um, the real time for for Kriyashma starts with Amud Ashachar at dawn, which is well before sunrise. And goes on for three hours. But as we know, the Vatikin to do Kriyashma really the best way, you do it just before Netzachama, before sunrise. And then you go straight into Tfilah. The time for Tfilah is sunrise. So to be able to say Tfilah at the moment of sunrise and to have Kriyashma very close to, to Tfilah. The Vatikim used to time it in such a way, and still today we've got many Vatikim minions who, minyanim who do that. They time the Kriyachma so that they finish Kriyachma just at the sunrise, and then they can start Shmon Esra and, and Kriyachma and Gula and, and the Tfilah are close together, and that's a perfect way to do it. Uh, but what we see from, from Tosfus, if Rashi understands it the same way as Tosfus, then Rashi would be saying that the, the Anshe Mishma read. Kodem Hayom, meaning before Neitzachama, because the Gemara and Brocha says the daytime starts with sunrise. And although you can say Kriyachma before sunrise, that's before the daytime. And, and we'll see again later on when we, in, in our second year, we'll see that there's a view in Brochus that you can say Kriyachma Shil Arvis even after Alota Shachar if you haven't said it before. Uh, so this time of Alota Shachar to Neitzachama, this is the critical time and it's a difficult time to know what exactly it is. And the um, uh, and, and so we if we, if we go according to Tosfos, what Rashi is saying, they said it before daytime, but not before Zman Kriyachma. The Zman Kriyachma is before daytime. Zman Kriyachma, as Tosfos says in Brochus, starts before daytime. Zman Tfila starts at daytime, and it's about that difference that I want to spend a few minutes. Why is it that Zman Tfila? Conceptually, not halachically, just conceptually. Why is mantfila in the determined by astronomical daytime, sunrise to sunset? To, to sunset, that's the measure we use, and three, four hours into that period, that's mantfila. And zman kriyashma is earlier than sunrise because it's dependent on on bekumecha, b'shoch b'cha uvukumecha. When do you say kriyashma? At the time that people get up. So we're looking at two rhythms. There's an astronomical rhythm of the sun rising and the sun setting. Every day the sun rises and the sun sets. That's an astronomical rhythm. And then you have a different rhythm, which is the rhythm of humanity. Humanity gets active, humanity goes to work, and humanity comes home to rest. So there's another flow, and one has to be sensitive to both those flows. There's an astronomic flow and there's a human flow. 
And the human flow is used to get rush hour. You see, everybody's going off to work. And in the afternoon, you've got rush hour. There's a sense of people going to work and coming back from work. There's Bishoch Bechot people coming back, and Bechot people getting up and starting. What's the difference between Kriyat Shema and, and Tefillah? Tefillah is us talking to Hashem. The time we have to stop what we're doing and talking to Hashem is during the daytime, when things are active. But Kriyashma is different. Kriyashma is exactly that, Shema. Kriyashma is about listening. And listening you have to do at the very beginning of your day before you get active. The Kumecha, when you get up and you're not yet active. It's not even daytime yet. That's when you do your listening. And Beshoch when your day is over. And listening is a very, very important quality which we don't do very well. We don't listen to each other. And we don't listen to the Rebbeinu Shalom, and we don't listen to nature, and we don't listen to ourselves, to our own, intu- our own intuition. Listening is a hugely important thing. One day I think I'm going to do some workshops on how to, how to listen, how to listen to the world, how to listen to hear Hashem, how to hear your own intuition. And the reason you, we don't listen is because the most important thing in listening is that you can't listen if you're speaking. And we never stop speaking. Not necessarily verbally, in our minds. We never stop speaking. Our minds are going on. If you just ask yourself right this minute, what's going on in your mind? Your mind's busy speaking. That's why we can't concentrate. Because we're trying to listen to the Gemara, but, but with other things are going into our mind. It's difficult. Our mind's all over the place. And we're talking to ourselves all the time. We're voices and voices and voices. Talking to ourselves. In the middle of Shemona we're talking to ourselves. We don't stop and listen. And you can't listen if there's ego. You can't listen if there's self-absorption. To listen, you've got to be completely absorbed in the other. You've got to be completely focused on the other person. You can't listen if your cell phone's there. You can't listen if your computer's on. You can't listen if there's a book open in front of you. You can't listen if your mind is somewhere else. To listen, because what you want to do when you listen listen is not listen to the words people are saying. The words are easy and the truth isn't in the words. You'll never understand your wife or your husband or your child if you listen to what they say. What they say is not what they mean. What they mean is between the words of what they say. And that needs a different capacity of listening. And it's the same with the mitzvahs of the Torah. If you just read and you look at the words, you're not going to understand what the Torah really means. It's between the words that you've got to understand what the Torah means. And you see that in everything that we're, that we're learning. Look at the Vilna Gona, two or three little words. Between the words, a whole world opens up. You've got to listen to between the words. The words are just the framework, the structure. But when people talk, they talk from their heart. There aren't words to describe what they're really feeling. So you've got to listen to their heart, not to their mouths. But to listen to their heart, you've got to be completely absorbed in their heart. And to listen to yourself, it's the same thing. You can't listen to yourself on a surface level and listen to all the stuff in your head. You've got to listen to what's in your heart. To listen to what's in your heart, your head's got to stop talking. And your ego has to go away and you've got to be able to listen. To listen to Hashem. To hear nature. Shema Yisrael is a moment of listening. Just listen. Because if you listen, you'll understand Achdut Hashem. You'll understand oneness. If you look at a violin and a violinist, you'll see how many different things. You'll see the violinist, you'll see the violin, you'll see the strings, you'll see the bow, you'll see five strings or four, however many strings there are on a violin. And, and you, all the different pieces that go to make up the violin, you'll see, when you look, you see, you see fractions. When you look, you see sections. And then the violinist starts playing the violin, and you hear one thing, the music. When you listen, you get to achdut. 
when you see, you get to complexity. And Shema is just stop a moment and listen. Because if you can just listen, you'll understand that Hashem Elokein and Hashem Echad. And then you can get to Ahavat Hashem. And then you can get to Shmirat HaMitzvot. And then you can get to Zechel Yetzias Mitzrayim. And then you can finally get to Tefillah. Now you can talk. Once you've listened, you can talk. We're always busy planning what we're going to say before we listen. No. Listen. Then talk. You're having a conversation. Listen. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Then talk. You're in a shir. Listen. Then talk. You're learning a piece of Gomorrah. Listen. Then talk. And that listening has to happen before you get active. Davening can be later on, but, but listening has to be as you get up. The first thing you do before your mind's going and before... Shema. Just listen to the world. Listen to what's around you. Listen to yourself. Listen to Hashem. And when you're finished in the evening, your work is over, you've closed your computer, you've turned off your phone, sit down a little bit and listen. Shema. That's the time for Shema. So again, that's not from a technical halachic perspective, but, but learning it out of here, understanding that there's a different time frame for Shema than there is for Tefillah. Uh, what I'm explaining to you is the essence of that is understanding what Shema means, what the word listening means. And to be able to extrapolate that not only into saying Shema Yisrael, even when we say Shema Yisrael, we don't even listen. We're busy saying, we're talking. When do we listen? Never. But the, the injunction of Shema is to stop and listen. And that's from Alot HaShachar, very, very early. That's the time to just stop and listen, and then we move into our day uh, as a result of that. And we'll take it further in Yitzhashem at the second year.